Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports and media and entertainment and popular culture. And as we've been doing this summer, from time to time in the summer of 2019, we've been talking to some of our students who are going through the program. Uh, and I almost forgot, I'm Joe Favorito. I'm ho- co-hosting today, not with Tom Richardson, but with our other Tom, Tom Cerny. Tom, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. So Tom, we're going to talk to two of our students today uh, who've gone through the program. Very interesting backgrounds yes, from absolutely. various parts of the world who've come to this program with kind of a different take, mm-hmm. have done some really cool things while they've been here. Uh, and we want to kind of learn a little bit about them, their perspective of the sports business. We're going to touch on some topics uh, and kind of learn from them. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Nicola, you go first. Hi, thanks so much. Thanks for having me here. Uh, so as what is your name? Joe mentioned, my name is Nicola Homeyer. I am uh, actually Canadian um, by way of Australia. Uh, so I had 17 years in Australia and the rest of the time in Canada, um, which I'm very grateful for, both two very good countries, um, and have a lot of things going on in terms of sports. I uh, obviously, you know, before being here in New York and, and joining the program, I was working for Calgary Sports and Entertainment in small town Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Most of you may have heard of the Calgary Flames, an NHL team that I did some work with there um, in their sales and marketing department. Pretty good Um, lacrosse team too, right? Very good lacrosse team, very good lacrosse team, recent champions there. Um, And uh, really it was actually, you know, two years that um, gave me a really good introduction to sports. Um, And I realized that there was a little bit more going on outside of Canada. Um, And what basically took me to New York was that need to sort of expand my horizons a little bit, see what else was out there, and uh, I guess join join this fabulous program that's uh, really helped me out in so many ways. And Rodrigo? Hey, Joe, (laughs) Nick, Tom, Ronnie. (laughs) Hey, guys, I'm Rodrigo Duarte, uh, original... Original guy from from Miami, Florida. Um, I, I've had a very different background from from most of uh, my classmates when it comes to sports. Um, I actually started in the import, export, and business, um, and then moved trading. To, that's about trading. sports. That's trading. Yeah, trading. You want to say commodities, right? Construction material. So uh, from Miami, I had an interesting opportunity to go move to to China, and I thought I was going to go for four months, and then ended up staying seven and a half years. Um, I don't know how that happened uh, so fast that now I'm back in the States uh, because of Colombia. But during the time in, in China, I, I, I fell in love with sports. Um, interestingly enough, because of a grassroots fitness uh, program that uh, my friends and I started doing, uh, well, 30 close friends, if you want to say, that blew up in, in the city about, it was 50 of us every day, 6 o'clock in the morning. We would work out for an hour. And what city is that? This is in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it blew up to 3,000 people every day uh, working out Monday through Saturday. Um, it grew like wildfire. We got the local government involved in it. And throughout this, this movement, I just saw this, this opportunity in sports and I wanted to investigate it. And then through this group, um, I got my, my job that segued into, into sports at a sports medical uh, institute. And then they threw me on the deep end when um, I got on the first day, which they hadn't mentioned. Um, by the way, we're going to take care of our sports, uh, our, f- our first sports sponsorship at the Shanghai Olympic Masters. And my mouth dropped because I knew mm-hmm. it was it was going to be a, a, a big a big deal. And uh, rose up to the challenge. And once uh, I was in, in the stadium during the AT- this is the ATP 1000. It's the biggest tennis tournament in the APAC region. And uh, I was setting up. 
Um, and then this morning, Rafael Nadal just walked in front of me and I said, hello. And in Spanish, he's like, hola. I was just like, that was the, the defining time that I was like, I got to be in sports. This is the coolest thing I've ever experienced. And just having, you know, uh, the goat just walking around, just having uh, Federer around the stadium and then she, uh, seeing him around Shanghai as well during the tournament. That really uh, made me enamored with, with, this, with sports in general, um, not necessarily tied to one. Um, and then I was at home, uh, fall of, uh, I mean, summer of 2018, I want to say. And I was like, man, is, is there something, you know, education-wise when it comes to sports? And then, interestingly enough, there was, uh, Columbia popped up and it was sports management. I'm like, okay, I had no intention of leaving China. I was already there for seven years. That was going to be my forever home for the time being, I applied and then got in and I, I came to New York and took the plunge and it's been an amazing ride. And New York City um, has been just another part of uh, an education as well, being in this program. Where did you go undergrad? I went undergrad, I went to Florida International University. Um, and then for my first time, uh, first time around in grad, I went to University of Miami as well. So a fellow Panther, a fellow Kane, and now uh, uh, lying here in New York. And Mr. Cerny, welcome as the co-host. Yes, yes, thank you. This is my second time. Um, so Tom, and Tom, you've worked with, with these guys. Why don't yeah, you kind no, of walk Absolutely. I think, I think, you know, these two um, are exceptional students, um, ex exceptional to the program, I think. Um, I kind of want to hear your guys' take on kind of what this program has developed for you guys, right? So you guys both have a working background, so I think, you know, that's something that we we reach out to, you know, working professionals mm -hmm. and for you guys to both, you know, coming from Calgary, coming from Shanghai, um, you guys are going to graduate in the summer, right? Mm -hmm. Summer of 2019, summer, which is where summer, we are. Yep, yeah. where we are right now. Um, are you guys better equipped um, going back out into the job market uh, after a year and a half being here? Nicola? Yeah, I would say definitely. Um, like I said, uh, you know, a lot of the the, the, the sports, uh, you know, initiatives and, and activities that I had around me in Calgary were very localized and coming to New York, obviously, you have everyone and everything right here. It's certainly a sports hub, um, international sports hub as well, um, you know, so the access is, 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 is so, so apparent. Um, you know, through the program, obviously, we had that week with Real Madrid, which I have to do, you know, a bit of a shout out here to uh, you know, Scott Rosner, uh, LJ, as well as Tom Cerny, they got that going for us this year, which likely and possibly... It's been sucking up, Nicola. Well, <laughs> no, but seriously, I, I, I'm only, I mean, I'm here for a year, and there was a very good chance that that wasn't going to happen. So I have to say thank you so much, because um, I, I, I loved it, had a great time, and, and obviously accessing, you know, a lot of, like, Real Madrid... Um, the, the, the program where they're learning a little bit more about um, an international club and, and then those international practices that come into the business setting are by far so so valuable. So, um, you know, for me, I would say that um, there's such a breadth of, of, of you know, um, different courses that you can take that really touch on different aspects of the sports industry. So you walk out of here, and I know I'm going to walk out of here, which is a, a better grasp of the, the sports landscape, both in North America as well as internationally. That is certainly something that um, I know I, I probably likely wouldn't have gotten in a local, uh, you know, university in Canada, um, and, and Columbia offers that. So um, just that, that, that dive into the sports landscape has been really, really fantastic. And Roddy, you obviously had a, a pretty unique background coming here and you had a little bit of a taste of sports so 
Yeah. What was your experience like so far? You know what? Um, just to, to, to everyone that's hearing, I, I come back, I come from a zero background in sports. Yes, I'm from Miami, but it was just, it wasn't a thing that was in my family because it was a very international. What did you major in, by the way? Um, advertising and international relations. I really thought I was going to be in the UN or, or in a governing body, uh, I mean, NGO governing body around the world, and then just sports just popped up. And, and that's what, what, you know, you have to be open in life just for these opportunities. And then sport was like this defining thing that I never knew that I even was going to love. And now it's like an obsession. Um, but not necessarily, I'm, I'm a fan to one again. I, I, I really love the, the, the business, the, the business of sports and just the people and the things that we could do in the industry that you can make those strides and actually see what the, the changes that you make as, as a person, as a, as a team. So coming to Columbia, when it, it is the best decision I've made as an experience as a professional and as a person as well because it's equipped me um, with actually being the headquarters of sports, I would say in the world, just having access to be at the at the NBA, NFL, MLS in a short distance walk, and then just to have a, a full week at La Liga. Um, it's a hell of a walk, by the way. <laughs> it is a hell of a walk. But just even being at, at relevant sports and then hearing the team from La Liga for for a week, that's special. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have to go to Europe to go get that. It's here in New York. Well, speaking of special in New York. Well, actually special in the Middle East. You yes. had a pretty experience, yeah. and it's funny, we, we kind of went through something at Lasker Rink, which was really kind yeah. of unique, mm-hmm. and then that led to you, well, you were already going to, yeah. to Special Olympics. Talk about your experience with the Special Olympics uh, in the Middle East. Yeah, the, the, the Special Olympics, um, again, this was something that I was not prepared to be part of. Um, it, it came out when I was moving from uh, from Shanghai to New York City, a friend was like, "Hey, would you like to be, you know, work in, in this in this in this project, building the general volunteer training uh, for all the volunteers coming for Special Olympics in Abu Dhabi in the UAE?" And I was like, "Heck yeah!" It sounded uh, like a big challenge, and I was like, "I don't know how I'm going to do that." You know, living in New York and, and going to school, but it worked out. So we built this general volunteer training. Um, about nineteen thousand volunteers actually went through the training. Um, but then I was like, you know what? I can't just sit here and not go to the to the to the to the games. So, got to take it like two weeks before to Abu Dhabi, and I got there, and it changed my whole entire perspective on sports, and also how athletes of determination, which means disabled athletes, um, just go and 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 try their best and. And it was extremely inspiring. Um, changed my whole outlook of just of the human, the human spirit, and the human um, experience as well. And it was really fantastic just to see Team USA have those kids, those athletes, and just have that connection in the Middle East. And then also have the opportunity to translate for for Team China as well, because I'm a, I'm a Mandarin speaker as well. And just see that other side of, of sports and how there there is this unity. Um, because of the special group of athletes, but also the competition was fierce. I was like, "Holy heck, this this game is good!" And just because they're you know they're just different athletes doesn't mean the competition is any less. I was extremely impressed and humbled to be in that part of those games. Pretty amazing experience it was. Um, Nicola, talk to me about experiences. The difference between the way sport businesses run, we've talked about this, mm-hmm. in Canada and, and the growth, but actually now there will be probably continued growth given Definitely. that team in Toronto that won the NBA championship. Um, 
what what was the experience like for you coming from a a, uh, a pretty well established brand in Canada to New York and the things that you've learned that are different both north and south of the border? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, I was fortunate to be a part of a franchise, a multi-sport franchise, so there were four teams under the CSEC banner. Uh, so I had access to a variety of different leagues and, and obviously teams um, and different business practices within each team. Um, however, you know, I think really at the end of the day, uh, you know, coming down to the U.S., there's certainly a lot to learn from the North American system. I mean, sport just is such a huge, They're huge business it. here. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, as I mentioned, you know, in my, in my city, we really had teams, and that was the extent of our, our sports experience. If you wanted to work in sports, you, could, you would work for, for one of the teams that I mentioned. Here, you know, the, the, the school, the program has really introduced me to um, so many different dimensions of the industry. So, obviously, we look at the agency space. We look at, you know, now the league, because many leagues have their, their head offices here in New York. Um, we've got governing bodies that obviously, you know, wouldn't have, I, would have, I just wouldn't have had access to um, in, in Calgary. And, uh, you know, and then, and then you look at, you know, within the VCs, you know, venture capitalist space, all these great startups and, and entrepreneurs that are, are, are really pioneering um, the world of sports and, and, and bringing in some fantastic products and services. So I think at the end of the day, um, you know, again, it's just opened my, my eyes to it, there's so much more to sports than teams. And I think that's one thing I would probably recommend to any student or, you know, future student or anyone just thinking about sports. You know, sure, we all love our teams, but you know, think outside the box a little bit and, 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 and look elsewhere. I mean, there's opportunities in communications and PR, for example. Um, you can write about sports. You can, um, you know, and, 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 and so really, like, you know, just, just think about some of the opera, other opportunities. And um, in terms of differences, I would say, uh, you know, Canada, I, I'm proud to be Canadian. Um, I think we're, we're doing some really good work up there. And I, I think that, as Joe mentioned, that there's, there's a, a promising future, um, obviously, with the the recent success of the Raptors and obviously the, the hockey being a big big sport but also other sports picking up like the CPL we've got a Canadian Premier League which has just started New um, Canadian Basketball League New Canadian Basketball League lacrosse is also taking off so um, you know but but so I think that as a, as a Canadian there's a lot I can learn from from the US and um, there's practices that I've seen that perhaps I maybe you know perhaps don't want to take on um, that may not work in Canada and I think that's something for a lot of our international students is figuring out you know really like yes the US is the big big thing for sports and, and they do it really well but um, it doesn't work in your home country and I think you've got to make that decision as well so every you know not everything that works in the US is going to work in, in, in your home country but um, I think I think you know like I said I'm, I'm I'm taking on things that I want to. I want to perhaps go back to Canada. There's things I, you know, perhaps want to uh, leave behind. So, um, but overall, really happy with what. Um, this is a question for both of you. Looking at from uh, a Latino background mm -hmm. and from a female background, mm -hmm. the opportunities in sports. We're just coming off a Women's World Cup. Um, obviously, it's gotten a tremendous amount of attention. Um, more opportunities now? Do you see more opportunities? Have you experienced some of the issues that people have said uh, in sport? Um, and and where, where would you like to make your difference? So, so Nicola, why don't we start with you, and then, and then Roddy, you can chime in as well. Yeah, so I think, you know, there's, there's obviously this general assumption that I think, you know, as a female, you're going to struggle in sports. Um, 
Personally, I, I haven't had that experience. I've, I've been very fortunate to surround myself with um, a lot of colleagues. Yes, predominantly more so, most of them have been, been male. Um, but they're most, you know, all of them have been very, very supportive of my, of my career and making sure that I can move forward. Who are some of them, by the way? Uh, well, those that I worked with at Calvary Sports and Entertainment. Um, like, like yeah, so I would say that uh, both Rolly Sear and Mark Leos, um, they we were... We were able to retweet this. You mentioned their definitely. name. Definitely. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and... Uh, like, and even just coworkers as well. I mean, they're your biggest allies. They're, they're saying, hey, you know, don't be afraid to get in there. Go in, you know, jump in and, and, uh, and, and, and you know, put your name in the hat. Like, you know, don't, don't hold back. And I think um, one of the things that's always been really important to me is I, I know and I feel that I do deserve a, a spot at the table. Um, I'm not one to sort of, you know, enter a room and say, well, I'm female and therefore I'm a minority and you should treat me differently. I go in there and I just, I put my head down, I do good work and I get the job done. So, um, you know, sure, I'm aware of some of the, you know, there, there are some some discrepancies, um, mm -hmm. obviously, gender discrepancies in this industry, but um, look, to me, I just I just get in there and do the work. So, um, yeah, so far so good. You know, I think, I think as long as you're, you know, as long as you're, um, you know, you're, you're positive and, and, and like I said, you're, you're creating networks for yourself and, and you're not taking yourself out of the equation. Um, you should be given every opportunity um, that any male counterpart has. Yeah, as, as, as a Latin American guy in New York City, back in the States, I have to say, um, I echo what, with, with what Nick said, I, I, don't, I don't see myself that I should be uh, ushered into a position because I'm Latin. You work hard. Uh, fortune favors the bold. Get a good education. And you said that. That's a lie. I can't remember. I always forget who says I think Actually, you know what? It was a Bohemian Rhapsody. Just <laughs> so, I think you're right. But I think it was actually Marcus Aurelius, or, yeah. or, or I think it was yeah. Marcus Aurelius that said that. Right? But um, I, don't, I don't feel like I should be entitled to anything, and I don't want to. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I know there, there's this big push for, for DNI, for diversity and inclusion. I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, when I do walk in, it was. A, I think being in New York, you're, you, you're made more conscious of, hey, you're, you know, you're a little bit different here. And I've walked into so many rooms that I'm probably the only Latin American guy there, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's okay. So that means that it's not up to any just one group to, 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 to make you feel included. You can include yourself in the conversation as well. So let's come and, you know, if you're a Spanish speaker, Latin American coming from Central South America or just a Latino born here in the, in the United States, we need you in sports. Get an education. Come here. You're bilingual. You know, the market wants it and needs it. So here's Colombia. There's many other sports management uh, um, programs around the country. And if you want to work in cool sports, come to MLS. We, again, there's a bilingual um, situation and bicultural um, uh, people that are, that are needed in, in the industry. So this, we're, we're, we're open arms. I mean, come in, come, come, in, come work with us. Right, but I, yeah. I think that it raises an interesting topic. I mean, a lot of our sports organizations are trying to increase um, their, you know, gender and racial diversity. Yeah. You know, they're trying to obviously bring more women in. They're trying to bring more people of color, different, you know, obviously from different backgrounds. Um, with that being said, I think you know you you can't lose sight of it. as a female. I know that. You know, I want to earn my position. Yep. I, I, I certainly don't want to just sort of walk into a job because they're trying to fill a quota. I think, um, you know, you know, no means am I giving myself a pass because I think I've got an easy ride because, 
you know, they're trying to increase female representation, I'm still going to work just as hard as, as, as anyone else who's trying to get those positions. And, and so, yeah, you, I don't think you can rest on your laurels either. Um, and, uh, yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, like and I, just from my standpoint, I don't think I've seen two people work harder than the both of you. I think I've yeah. joked with both of you that I think um, there's more than one of you. You have clones because you have uh, everywhere in That's a different school of clones. Yeah, you exactly. And we're going to have to edit that out because they're going to come here and delete it. Um, knock on our door. But I think, um, you know, what, what, what are you guys most excited for looking forward, right? I mean, you are staring down graduation at the end of the summer. Um, and I think, you know, the, the world is your oyster. So I'd love to hear kind of what's your... What's your pie in the sky? Where am I going to read about you guys in the next coming months, years? Am I going to open up a sports business daily or a journal and, and see an interview with both of you guys? What do you guys think? Silence. That's not good. Yeah. So. Look, it, it's it, it's it's always a, it's a question that we've asked ourselves of course, for the last ten every months. Day. Every, every day. day. Yeah. I mean, and it changes. The answer will change every week, okay. every couple days. Um, personally, I, I I definitely will go international. Uh, again, mm -hmm. um, I, I definitely go international. I think that first I have a duty to represent the United States abroad, and I think that's where I'm most most comfortable. Um, especially now having um, the, the education that I that I got at, at Columbia, I would like to go use it most likely in Europe, maybe in the UK, um, to get that other international experience. But um, I think I would be either in England or maybe in the Middle East as well to go make a difference in, in, in the sports scene over there. And, and our, the American way of doing things in sports is in demand globally. That's one thing that we need to know that, that we are very valuable. And the way we do sports is increasingly um, being paid attention, especially in Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think for myself, uh, I'd like to stay in New York. I'd like to at least spend another two, two, three, four years here. I'm not quite ready to go back to Canada, even though that is definitely on the horizon. Um, for me, I see, obviously, as, as sports professionals, I think we have a duty to really leverage the, the, the power of this industry and the power to do good. So since coming to Columbia, um, like I said, my background is more sort of that sales and marketing background, but I have become increasingly interested in the, the role of so social responsibility in the sports right. space. Um, and I think there's huge opportunity, and I, what I'm seeing, and, and actually I wrote a, a pretty lengthy paper on this, looking at the values and challenges associated with CSR in sports, and as we're seeing, some are doing it very well, and others are struggling. Right. Um, and they're, just, they're doing it to check a box. Exactly. Right? And, Which yeah. is the wrong way to go Absolutely. about it. Who, who have you yeah. seen that, that's done it well? Who are some of the examples, just off the top of your head? Are there are a couple of yeah. teams or brands or athletes that, that stand out? Yeah, I mean, look, if you look at it, like, if you look at the league level, um, obviously, you know, the NBA seems to be pioneering the space and, and uh, doing very good things in, in, a, in, a, you know, in, in a lot of different areas, but they certainly um, are planting some really good grassroots initiatives that are creating impact mm -hmm. um, and long-lasting impact. You know, this isn't about just showing up and providing a quick, you know, um, you know, some support to a local community, taking a photo, throwing it up on social media, and then leaving and not returning and, and really not supporting long term. Um, so for me, uh, you know, obviously Harry Best, he's in cause marketing, um, learning a little bit about sort of the work that he's done with the athletes that he's worked with. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think there's, without sort of picking and choosing, I think, I think really a lot of these people that are doing it well um, are creating 
programs, like I said, that, that are going to stick around and they're going to make long-lasting change, but they also have measurements that are coming into place. Yeah. So they put some KPIs and measurements to these social responsibility initiatives. Sort of, you know, let's 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 actually quantify what's happening here so that we can we can you know we can communicate it effectively. Um, I like I said, um, you know, I'm actually going to be doing some work with the MBPA this summer, uh, helping them with their grassroots basketball uh, programs and. and and uh, really looking forward to spending some time with those kids. Obviously, a lot of them come from very backgrounds. Is that Dan Gladstone's group? Have you met Dan yet? Uh, yes, it is Dan. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it is. So, um, it, yeah, it's just, and like for myself, um, you know, I, I just, I really, I also just quickly got a really good insight into um, CSR. Uh, we actually did some work with the NFL on their social justice uh, program. Um, it was part of a class, actually. It was a course with Len Elmore. Was with, Len Elmore. Class? Yeah. with Len Elmore. You're yeah. sitting at Len's desk, so that works out really well. <laughs> Thanks, Len. Appreciate it. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, that was fantastic. So there was five of us from the program, and um, you know, sort of on a consultant basis, we just got to spend time with the NFL. Troy Vincent and Anna Isaacson there, who runs the CSR program, and uh, we did an analysis of their social justice program. So it's still sort of the program still is an if. It's infancy, so it's got a you know it's got some 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 progress, um, and it still has a ways to go. But they're doing some great work, and uh, yeah, that was another great insight into CSR, which helped me figure out where I want to be. You know, Roddy, one of the things we didn't touch on, we touched on Nicholas' experience in Canada. Mm -hmm. What was it like working in China? Mm. Even though you really weren't working in sports <laughs> at that point, and the difference from and, and the best practices you learned to, to bring back and keep it I put my, my 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 hands on my face right now because there's so much. I that that China was is is for me is mesmerizing because every month there was a different trend. It, you have to be extremely comfortable with change. It's like Brooklyn. It's it's a, there you go. I mean, it, it's you have to be extremely comfortable with change, not just because of well, because of cultural things that are the way things are done there. You never know what the government is going to say yes or no or just change it, right? So you have to be comfortable. There's a when I left the the, the running. Um, Running was the biggest sport in the country. It, it, it had participation. You could see everyone running in To me, running is torture. Yeah, so, but it was the biggest thing. <laughs> I'll give you an example. I think 2016... Running 2016, and tobacco were both... <laughs> in China. Right, so. 2016, I think there was only like, I want to say 25 marathons. Mm. And by the time I left, there was 500. Wow. wow. It's it, it just exploding. And now with uh, the, the president saying, hey, you know, soccer is going to be... Soccer basketball. Soccer basketball is going to be, you know, the <laughs> national sport. Yeah. 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 And the, the interesting thing about, about China is when they say they're going to do something, it happens. It happens within three months. And it's kind of scary at the same time. I mean, it's scary and cool at the same time because you do see the change there. And especially now with the, with the, the European clubs coming to, to China... Mm -hmm. They're there, and they're going to stay there. It's going to be the biggest market. It's exciting if you want to have a great, fantastic experience in sports and actually ascend in position, go there. Mm -hmm. they, they need you. They want you there, and you're going to get paid very well. You're going to learn so much about a different culture and pick up another language, but it's going to be absolutely f uh, fulfilling. Mm -hmm. What was the biggest surprise for the two of you coming to New York? Oof. Wow. Well, I think I think the biggest surprise just personally was um, the lack of routine that I had and the lack of sort of structure because I'd gone from working, you know, almost 60, 65 hours a week with, with the job that I had prior to this to very little routine. Um, so I think that was, um, 
definitely something I just had to manage um, that I would provide some recommendation for anyone coming here. Um, you know, just get into a routine, obviously get involved to keep busy. Um, but uh, in terms of other surprises, I don't know, Riley, right, I'm going to hand this over to you. I think I'm another one. I think the subway. The subway was <laughs> the biggest surprise for me. I, had, I had, hadn't been in New York for the last six, seven years and come from a spick and span, mm. clean subway. But you know what? It doesn't matter. I, I, I like it now because you just find these people, these characters on the subway and you learn from them and yeah. they make you laugh. They sing at you and you have this, you know, candid conversations. For me, the subway is like another class. I've been here 10 months and I have my subway class whenever I need to go to, <laughs> to something, that, from, something from the program. I have to say, I dig it now. I, was, I did not like it before. Now I like it. It's an acquired taste. Yeah, and I, I think the smells of New York would also probably... The smells in of a New positive York. way? In a positive way. Okay. we just talked about the subways. Ooh, I have a great one. Okay, good. I would say some of the random acts of kindness that I experienced yeah, in really? the city. Yeah, Absolutely. So, What's an example? I would love to give you this example. So uh, my my parents came to visit me. They're, you know, they came to visit in, you know, they're from, obviously from Calgary, Canada. They came to visit over Christmas, and uh, obviously... Couldn't fit everybody in my, my apartment. Um, it's a it's a small apartment, so I decided to look on Airbnb. All the the, the, the cost of an Airbnb was going to be around five hundred dollars a night, and I thought, you know what, I think we can we can look elsewhere. So I joined a uh, an, an, a forum called Nextdoor.com. I don't know if any of you have heard of it, but it's an opportunity to share you know just um, I guess just share tips and, and, and information in your local neighborhood. And I actually put a note on there saying, look, you know, I'm new to the Upper West Side, got family in town over these dates, anybody looking to rent a room? And uh, actually a, a very lovely lady by the name of Pat Hatchery, who is a Columbia law grad, wow. who graduated a year before Ruth, Beaver our Beaver famous Beaver, Ruth, yeah, yeah. yes. And uh, she, um, she said, you know, she said, Nicola, I have a, I'm, I'm on my own. I'm, you know, obviously in my 70s, I, I live alone. I have a three-bedroom apartment, and it's yours. I see that you're a Columbia grad and a Columbia, a fellow Columbia uh, student, um, and I uh, would love to help you out. And that, you know, when I was told, it less than five hundred dollars a night. It was. It was. It, 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 we gave her, so we bought her a couple bottles of liquor because she likes her martinis. We like that. Yeah, and, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, we, we, we gave her a couple, you know, $200 for about five nights. Wow. So she said, I don't want anything else, and, and that That's was beautiful. it. Wow. Isn't that lovely? And I think at the end of the day, um, and she actually didn't even ask for anything, you know? It was just that sort of random act of kindness. And, and so anyone who says that, you know, New Yorkers, um, or anyone in the city, you know. I mean, we do have a bit of city syndrome where I think everybody yeah. sort of gets on track and um, forgets to say hello. But there's some really beautiful people here that um, certainly deserve your time and attention. So, Roddy. Yeah, I mean, other uh, than the smells of the subway. <laughs> <laughs> no, the subway is great. I, I have to say one one that I, I think it's it's been overdue, and I just, and I think it's a great place to to say that thank you just here. And I want to say thank you to everybody in this office, in the sports management office. It's just been absolutely fantastic. Tom, like LJ, um, Joe, you, like you, you, you know, you told me, hey, come over, let's go to to the to the ice rink uh, when when the the, the Emirati um, the national women's hockey team from UAE came yep. to go see the kids that had um, autism, and when they came to give. Uh, the equipment on the ice and I think it was in March that that was special and I'll never forget that because that was a precursor to, for me going to, to the Special Olympics but just the whole staff ha, has been has been amazing um, 
you guys have so, give us so much support. You have absolutely no idea yeah. how it is. Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> we thank you very much. And, and also, like, I, I just want to say thank you to Nicola as well because you've been a, an amazing friend, like, confident. And I think anyone that comes into this program in New York, you need to find friends. Like, you need to find someone that you could um, actually just go over things from the program life. And that's been such a great support to just have us have friends and, and also the, the support from you guys. It's been it's been absolutely fantastic, more than I would ever expect. Mm -hmm. And um, I have to say, I'm extremely happy to be part of this program and to be the future, you know, part of the alumni base as well, because yeah. we, yeah. we want to help out yeah. the future um, grads as well. Mm -hmm. So in the last couple of, the, there's a couple things that we always ask. One is, how do you stay constant with everything that's going on and stay well informed? Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is, now that you've kind of gone through this and you've been professionals in other places, yeah. um, what's the advice that you give to people, whether they are 17 or just changing jobs in their 50s, for things that they, they should do? So how do you guys stay constant, uh, updated, and then um, what's the advice that you kind of pass on? Yeah, I mean, I think at first, when I, when I actually first came into the program, I was a little bit overwhelmed by the amount of, you know, platforms and, um, and, e and emails and, and opportunities to sort of keep, keep abreast of what was, was going on in the industry. Um, but, you know, I, I would say that, you know, the sports business journal is a really, really fabulous tool, but it's expensive and it is tough to, you know, it's, it's a bit pricey. Um, so, you know, if you can, if you can budget for it, great. Um, but uh, there are other ways to, to keep on top of things. And I would say uh, following some of your, you know, Peers. Your, your peers, as well as even some of the, the staff that are, that are on faculty here in the program. So Joe being a great resource. Um, even Lynn's got um, a lot of tweets going out. Uh, so faculty, um, Twitter, obviously. So I, I would say probably Twitter is your best option um, and, and as a costume. Yeah, and advice, Nicola? What, I would what do you say, tell people? Yeah, so I would say, obviously, when you, when you get here, find your routine, you know, and, and um, really uh, get involved. If you want to pick a couple of extracurricular activities, great. I know Robbie and I, or I mean, Roddy and I served on um, the SMAC board, which was the, um, the Sports Management Association board. Um, there's just a few things that you can get involved in, but also get outside and enjoy New York. Mm -hmm. Like, there's, there's a lot to be said about actually leaving campus and, and just taking that break, which I think is much needed, because it, it gets busy, especially if you're full-time. Secondly, um, I would actually say, you know, it's important to surround yourself with people who are different to you. You're going to find this program has such a wonderful um, group of international students coming from all different backgrounds. They think differently, they act differently, um, and they're all going to bring a different experience. So, so, so challenge yourself with those relationships and, and make sure that you're, you're branching out of your own. Um, and then lastly, I would say be strategic with your network. Um, you don't have to know everyone. And you know the, this program will give you a very, very good opportunity to sort of spread your wings and, and reach out and make connections. But you know, less is more in the sense that really hone in on, and, and develop those, you know, to just develop those meaningful relationships. And um, you know, like I said, you know, there's going to be people who can, can help you along, and perhaps that are better than others. I think um, so. So be strategic with with who you connect with. You don't have to connect with everyone. Yeah. Right. Um, to stay current um, from a global perspective, and, and China's still very important to me. I, I usually subscribe to the Mailman Group. Uh, they're probably great newsletter. Yeah, great newsletter. Um, last, China. Yeah, China. Uh, his last name is uh, last name Green. Um, I, I contacted them, and they're just very good at what they do in China. They're always up to date. Uh, another one that I've been uh, looking at is front front office sports, and actually 
Adam White is actually alum, an, an alumni, uh, alumnus, I'm sorry, from University of Miami, and he's just crushing it. He is doing the best that he can. He has a great team, and um, his, his newsletter is really good. And he's a young guy, so he, he's a great example of what you could do in sports because he, he's crushing. He's putting so much heart into it. Uh, John Wall Street's another one. Intersection of everybody. Corey Leff is like one of the people that everybody sucks up to. I can't tell you how happy he's going to be here. No, <laughs> oh, no, I, it's great. I love his writing. Um, yeah, just I was other, mention him too. Yeah, right. just other ones that that I, I rarely hear people talking about is the sports uh, pro media, um, which is pretty cool. UK based. Yeah, UK based and uh, sports media watch. And there's always the sportsbusiness.com, right? Which is it's more. Uh, has a more of a global view and I know we have a, a subscription through Columbia as well and honestly one that is, that is favorite is yours mm-hmm. jo- yours Joe yours is just yeah. kind of you know the, the sports the sports marketing and, and PR uh, pro smart brief I like it because it has other things absolutely it has other professional uh, advice just life advice I like it. it and that's what we need as a sports uh, professional it can't just be honed in on sports right. because it has to be there's so many other dimensions of being a sports professional how to handle human relationships technology x y and z well and it's really one of the only platforms that provides some insight into csr uh, yeah social responsibility mm-hmm. and some of the good that's being done in the, in the yep. industry so I, I really appreciate that no <laughs> and just your, your, your personal point. touch too like yeah. it's there you know it's the the joe fabs uh, a personal touch i think it's it's my service awesome. tone <laughs> <laughs> before i forget Nicola, oh yes. How do we? How do, how, how, how do people find you? you guys? How do people follow you? Yeah. Right. All right. Um, Instagram at Roddy Rod. So R O D D Y R O D and Twitter at Rodrigo Duarte. Sure. And the Instagram it's at Nicola K N I C O L L A K and Twitter. I believe it's the same. Yeah, same for both. So you use it a lot, obviously. Yeah, no, no, well, no, but I really, yeah. Please reach out because yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who's coming up through the program. And yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions. Connect have with a us. chat. Meet yeah. for coffee. Hire them. Or hire or us. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Anywhere in the UK, sports marketing, yeah. right here, under guy. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Cool. So, so Tom, uh, thanks for sitting in for our other Tom, who's off uh, taking a little R and R. Yeah, I said a couple extra words this time. Uh, you did. Actually, you're stepping up. Not as, not as uh, intimidating as Marcellus Wiley. Who was the right, first. well, it's a comfort factor. I've uh, got to even? know these two. Cool. Well, again, guys, uh, best of luck in the future, and I wish nothing Aww. but the Thank best you very much. Thank you. Both of you. Once again, this has been the Cusp Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast. I'm Joe Favorito. For our pinch hitter today, Tom Cerny, sitting in for Tom Lefty. Richardson. Lefty pinch hitter. Very valuable. Always yeah. takes the ball to right field. Yep. So, but once again, thanks for listening and we'll see you down the road.